0: <laughs>
1: and A new
2: Irish record for Phil Healy
0: 22.99.
3: Christy Cooney hands over the Sam Maguire Cup to Graham County Cork all Ireland champions for the seventh time ever.
0: Hello and welcome to the Star Sports Podcast. I'm Jack McCarron of the Southern Star and I'm joined in studio by Star Sport editor Kieran McCarty. On today's show we'll be speaking to boxing star Christina Desmond who was crowned Irish Elite Champion in Dublin on Saturday night. We'll also chat to Carvary GA's new Games
3: Promotion Officer Paddy Crowley about his new role and the importance of grassroots coaching. Also later we'll have details about a fantastic competition where we'll, where we'll give away a Cork GA
0: jersey to one lucky winner. But, Kieran, before all that, there is only one place to start, and that's with the Cork footballers who are beaten once again on Saturday night. In a few minutes, we'll be joined by Dennis Hurley, who is at the game. But before we get his thoughts, just give us a quick assessment, Kieran, of where the Cork footballers are at at the minute, now that relegation is looking more and more likely.
3: It's going from bad to worse, Jack, to be honest, with the, with the Cork footballers. So, the state of the play at the moment is we're four games in. Cork have lost the last three. They've won point from those four games, and they're rock bottom of of Division Two. So they're out staring the relegation to Division Three in the face. Like it's a, it's pretty grim at the moment, Jack. To be quite honest, um, three games left for Cork. They probably have to win two of those. And away to Tipperary on Saturday night. After that, there's a home game against Donegal, and after that, it's an away game against Armagh. So they have three tough, tough games left. So it, it's not looking too good to be quite honest, Jack, right now.
0: Well as I mentioned Dennis Hurley was at here in on Saturday and he spoke to Kieran a little earlier on.
3: Good stuff Dennis. thanks for joining us um, you were at on Saturday for Cork's latest league game but unfortunately it was another defeat so Cork bottom of the table three league losses in a row no competitive win in nine months the team looks to buy the confidence how better things right now for Cork football Dennis?
4: this? Yeah it's fairly worrying you're kind of trying to put a Things in a positive light, or as positive as we can, after each new loss. But it's it's certainly getting harder to do that. Um, you know, the, it, it's like the old joke that uh, we all wanted Cork to get out of Division Two this year, and it looked like looks like they might be doing that. But unfortunately, at the wrong end. Even before Saturday night, it was looking kind of like a a better than evens chance that they'd go down, given that they'd played three and not won any, and the four games left were tough. You know, home to me who were top of the table, was always going to be a tall order, and that's the way it proved, and you're looking now at Tipperary away, got at home, and Armagh away, you'd need to win at least two of those to stay up, and that probably wouldn't even be enough, given that were relegated with six points last year. Mm-hmm. So it, it is kind of in, um, in, in, uh, in miracle territory. Were there
3: any positives to take from the performance
4: against Meade on Saturday? Um, you know, if, if you were kind of if you were really scraping, you'd say that they did well at the end of the first half to come back to within a point at half-time, probably not deserving to be that close. Meade should definitely had a goal before half-time. And the way they came back after going down by eight to come back to four and give themselves a half a chance, but it never, never felt like there was going to be a comeback. And... Mead always kinda of had the ability to extend the lead, which they did with the the second goal. Um Conor He from St. Finbars was he had a, a fairly good display at a corner back. Um Michal Martin came in and goal for Mark White and you know he couldn't really be faulted for either of the goals he conceded. Um but, you know, beyond that there wasn't a whole lot to, to take from it. And um, it, it's it's just like you say, it's a team devoid of confidence, and it's a it, it's a vicious circle. You lose because you're not confident, and then when you lose, your confidence is dented even more. So, you know, it, it's like a chicken and egg scenario. it's it came first.
3: Is is the fear that we, that Cork haven't hit rock bottom yet? You know, kind of. You know, Graham County said there a couple of weeks ago at the launch of the the Cork five-year plan to kind of resurrect football in the county that Cork are a mid-table Division 2 team, but like Cork are now bottom of, of, of Division 2, last year Cork just avoided relegation to Division 3, like is that, is the fear that Cork haven't hit rock bottom that there's, there could be worse to come yet in us? Oh well, well rock bottom is, is the
4: bottom of Division 4, you know, things like the Cork fans will say, Geez, this is the worst we've ever had, but it can get worse and that's the sad truth of it, you look at them. Um, a team like Derry, who were Division 1 not so long ago as well, um, and they've had to go down to Division 4, and, you know, they'll, they'll probably get promoted, but, um, you know, it, it can always get worse, and that's the sad truth of it. You'd hope it won't. You'd hope that if Cork did go down to Division 3, they'd come straight back up, but we thought that about Division 2, and when, when you are on a losing streak, it is, it, it's just... It it becomes nearly impossible to to turn things around. You just need to get one win and just restore some little bit of belief and and build on that. And it it is just inch by inch and step by step that you do rebuild the confidence. There's we've been saying for a while. that There's no quick fix with it, and um you know patience. It's what's needed. But no no fan ever wants to hear that. They they want things to be turned around as as quickly as, as possible. But that That's not the case with, with Cork football. That's why it's a five-year plan to sort things out. And I know that that five-year plan is something happening in tandem with the senior football team's performances. And, you know, it's not necessarily linked to it, but it is certainly an acknowledgement that the good times aren't just around the corner. And it's a case of, you know, one or two small things all of a sudden putting us back to the, the levels of where they were when, when Conor Cunahan was in charge. Uh-huh
3: you were saying there that Cork need that one win like they need that one win against Tip on Saturday night because Tip are just above them in the table they're second from bottom like if Cork lose that it's nearly all over then isn't it
4: Oh, I think I think if they did lose you know that would be that yeah definitely and even if they were to win it probably wouldn't be enough in in terms of relegation but it would be just a little bit of a, a a sense of turning things around Um in May of last year Cork went to Turles again with little expected of them and they got the win in the championship and I suppose it was overshadowed by by what happened afterwards but it was proof that there is something in there there is a little bit of hope you know and that you know if, if you did get that first step then you could you could start to build on it but right now it probably seems like you're just, you know, in the middle of a, a dark tunnel and, and you can't really see any light at the end of it.
3: Looking at some of the stats in the last couple of games, like, Carker only averaging 10 points a game. 1-5 against Fermanagh, 10 points against Clare, one ten against Clare, 1-9 against Mead. Is it a case of just that scoring enough?
4: Well, I suppose it, that, that that's part of it. And, you know, we thought after the Fermanagh and Clare games, there looked to be a, a bit of hope that, you know, at least they were... Um, cutting down on what was being conceded, um. But then the the Clare game blew that out of the water with three thirteen conceded and then two twelve conceded against um against Meath on Saturday. So there's definitely a little little bit of work to be done on that front as well. You know, you look at Colm O'Neill retiring. He was mm-hmm. Cork's top scorer in the league last season. You know, you don't just you don't just replace his output at the drop of a hat. There are guys there who can score. Uh, Luke Conley can uh, on his day. Michael Hurley has has shown flashes in the league. He's probably been Cork's most impressive attacker. Uh, his brother Brian, obviously, still still trying to get back to the pitch of inter-county football, which isn't very easy after a long period out. Mark Collins scored a lot in last year's league, but he, he's been... He's been played a lot deeper, I suppose, this year and he was he was on the bench on, on Saturday. He did come on and got two frees and set up a, a point for Sean Potter, Paul Kerrigan as well, just kinda of coming back after after a period away and you know, he he's probably as much of a creator as he is a, a scorer. Sean Potter'll be back too, but again, even though he got the goal Saturday, he's not going to be a guy who who'll kick seven or eight points. So definitely in terms of a, a marquee player to to do that, Donald O'Connor of course, another recent retiree who would be capable of that. You know, you need you need to allow guys time to to step up to that level. Um you know, and, and, and it just the sad truth of it is that it just doesn't happen um, at the, the the flick of a switch.
3: No, like you said, there, Dennis, it's tough times for Cork football. But, but before I let you go, also Parky Ring last Saturday night, the Cork ladies got to play part of a leader with the main team for the first time. Great occasion! Like, like that, that's a real step forward for the for the, the Cork ladies football team, Dennis. this,
4: oh, it is absolutely. Even though the result didn't go their way either, um, you know, Tip him with a good comeback. But you'd say that it's it's a Cork team without of the more without some of the more established names. The, the more navy players are on extended leave after their all and win, and it's a, it's a very young team, Ify Fitzgerald knows that, and he says the league is about finding new players. So, you know, the, the result was secondary, definitely. It was a great occasion, and um, it was great to see the two teams on the same bill. It'll be happening again on, uh, in, in just over a fortnight for the um, the game against Donegal, and we'll have it in the championship again. So it's important that these things become the the rule rather than the exception, and you know, it looks to be a positive first step in that regard.
3: Good stuff, Dennis. Thanks very much for joining us. Hopefully the next time we're talking
4: we'll have a more positive story about Cork football. Absolutely. Fingers crossed.
5: Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork, and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork.
3: On Saturday night at the National Stadium, Kilnammatre boxer Christina Desmond came out on top in what was arguably the fight of the night at the Irish Elite Finals, beating the well-fancy Grania Walsh. Jack, can you explain
0: the significance of that? Yeah, well basically the Elite Finals night is essentially the jewel in the crown of the Irish amateur boxing calendar. And Saturday's was particularly significant considering we're edging ever closer to the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. Uh, Christina, who's from Kilimanjaro, as you mentioned, came out on top in the 69kg category. Which is also interesting because for most of her career to date, she's campaigned at 75kgs. And campaigned quite successfully for that matter. And when I spoke to her earlier, I asked her about her change in divisions as well as next year's Olympics. Christina, first of all, congratulations on your big win on Saturday night. How did it feel to come out on top in such a thrilling fight?
2: Um, it was unbelievable. I didn't believe it um, at the start. Um, when they said split decision, you can really see from my face that I was absolutely shocked. Um, now, my trainers thought I did one well um in the first and second round but i i didn't really know so um once my hand was being raised and once my name was called out it was just absolutely incredible it was, it was a great win um it was one, one of my best wins probably in the national stadium so i'm delighted
0: and obviously you know yourself only too well that you can never be sure in boxing when you won your bronze medal in the european championships you felt you actually won the fight but the decision went against you on that occasion so you can never be sure can you
2: no, you can never be sure. When it goes down to split decision, you're you're shaking your boots either way, whoever you are, because um you you don't know what way it's going to go. Unfortunately, you don't know what they're looking for, and each judge is different. So, um it's 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 mad when it goes down to split decision. Yeah.
0: And there's also the case that Granny Walsh um was well, was was fancy. She was the defending champion, so to get a win against her was obviously obviously great as well.
2: Um yeah, and it was massive. I knew I was the underdog going into it, so I was only. I, I knew if it came down anyway tight that it would be, it would go in her favor. Like, you know, obviously she was the favorite and she was the one training on the elite squad at the time. But um, no, I feel that it was, it was a right judgment. um I feel I did have the beating of her on the night, on a different night. It might've been different, but that night I felt that I was, I had the beatings of her. So, um, yeah, I'm just over the moon. So I have it hasn't really sunken yet. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and obviously you were unfortunate to miss out on last year's final true injury, so to be back there under the lights in the National Stadium, in front of a packed house, and it was live on TG Carter, and I, I felt it was fight of the night, um, there were some other fights that ran it close, but for, for my money, it was fight of the night, so it must have got a great thrill to be everyone, everyone, everyone's been speaking about the fight since then um,
2: Yeah, thanks, <laughs> um, yeah it was great, it was unbelievable, uh, I've never but normally when I'm fighting in big crowds it's abroad and uh, to fight in such a crowd like that in Dublin, um, with my own home crowd and with my everyone around and um, that has known me from a young age, it was just incredible. Like I, I didn't even it hasn't it hasn't sunken yet, obviously, but like even uh to to walk into the crowd and it all the atmosphere was electric like, so it was just unbelievable. Not that I took any notice of it when I was there, but looking back on it, now it's it's just exceptional like. And I don't
0: know if you've watched back the, the TG Catter broadcast yet, but Sean Bonbrannock, who was doing the commentating, was very excited during your fight, particularly yeah. because there's a, a a connection to the Gwielga. So uh, that also added to the TV experience, from my point of view, from watching at home. I, I, have, you, have you watched it back, the TV broadcast yet? Uh-
2: yeah, I watched it back. Yeah, the, a few of the family were watching it again on Sunday, so I watched it back. And yeah, the excitement was fierce, all right. and he he was he was awfully very excited. But uh, no, it was great. It, it added to it. Like it was it was great to see it back with commentary. And um, yeah, they all had good good words to say about me. So I was delighted about that too.
0: <laughs> now, obviously, uh, you've campaigned successfully at middleweight in the past, which is uh, seventy-five kgs. For the people listening who aren't familiar with boxing weight classes. But your win on Saturday night came in the welterweight division, or sixty-nine kilograms. First of all, before we go too deep into that, how have you managed the weight cut? In terms of, has it been over a sustained period of time, or was it done over a short period of time? And how have you settled into the new weight?
2: Um, so that I was originally at that weight at youth, so that was the weight that I would have won all my medals at, um, and then. For people that I wouldn't know, I had to go up to, well, I didn't have to, but 75 kilo was the Olympic weight. So it was either move up and box at a weight that I wasn't comfortable at to try and go to the Olympics uh, or I'll stay at my weight and not get as much experience. So uh, looking back, it it was a huge opportunity for me, which I took and I'm delighted I did take at the time because I have gained so much experience from it I fought girls that were bigger than me uh more experienced than me and I traveled the world with it so um now that the 69 kilo categories after being added it was just it wasn't even a question like I I had to move down and um myself and my coach decided I wasn't entering the ring again at 75 kilo that 69 kilo was my weight so um a year and a half ago I went to a tournament abroad with my coach as my club and I boxed at 69 kilo and it was just unbelievable the difference in me as a boxer and me as a person it was just unbelievable I feel better I feel fitter you know I feel more confident in the ring and um, so obviously it was it was a no-brainer I was going down and that was it Um, I got injured then last this time last year so that everything just went out the window and I started here and I started in college and all that so things just took a back seat in the boxing for a while um, and I made the decision just before Christmas you know I was going to settle down and make the weight and I, I suppose i started making it just before christmas now i enjoyed christmas but um since then it's been fairly flat out and I've it's been fairly uh, a tight regime trying to make it and in fairness it there was a few weeks in between that i was like oh, there's no hope i'm going to make it but in the end it flew off you know it was just it was just a matter of pushing that the wall as they say you know if you've ever tried to make weight there's a wall that you hit and i just pushed through that wall and thank god i made it very comfortably i was weighing in well underweight and well co- like eating everything and, and drinking everything so I'm very happy the way I made it I'm very happy the way that it all worked out and everything slotted in after a few torturous weeks it all slotted in place
0: Well you, you looked very comfortable at the weight on Saturday but the word you mentioned there at the start of your answer is the Olympics and obviously the Tokyo Games are only around the corner and for you to be coming, coming off a win in the Elite Finals puts you in the position where everyone is, is talking about you as and Olympic hopeful um, how do you see the next few months going in terms of qualification and maybe you could enlighten us on the qualification process from here until next year
2: um, so uh, to be honest with you, when I was out with injury like my biggest thing was to be back for an elite championships and obviously this was the elite championships to win and um, that's all I was thinking of was trying, to, was trying to be back on weight and back for this championship. Even just to, to show up and say, look, I'm back. I'm ready to compete with this weight. Um, for me, winning it would have, was, was a bonus. So now I'm at that stage and everyone's like, where to now? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, God, I don't even know myself. Uh, obviously, um, European Games, European Championships and World Championships are all this year. It's a massive year. Regardless of Olympic qualifiers, it's a massive year. Like They're all three huge tournaments that anyone would take my hand off to go to um I'm obviously now in the in the number one spot so I should be the one uh going away uh without question. So they're obviously my goals to go out there and meddle at them. Um regards qualifying uh it's true world championships and there's uh European Games Championships as well. So I'm actually not sure what criteria you have to meet. I haven't looked into it because as I said the elites were the were the main goal. Um but um yeah, it's time for me to look forward now and try to look at the Olympics, really, because um, that's my probably my biggest goal now at the moment. And hopefully these European championships and world Game World championships are just a stepping stone. So um, please, God, yeah, that that's the next step anyway. And I'm going to relax this week and think about that then and go forward and push it through.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good answer because... Um as soon as you win an elite, people like me start straight away start going. Oh, and what's next? What's next? But it is it, hugely important to enjoy and bask in the glory of winning an elite championship. They don't come around. You, you don't win them. Joe, only some people. I mean, Kenny Egan's and the likes have won have won ten elite championships, but you know they're yeah. they're hard to come by. And um, so, yeah, you're, you're dead right to, to, to enjoy the moment now, and you can worry about the Olympics and, and the rest of that later on. Um, when well, we spoke yesterday, Christina, you mentioned to me that you have uh, two weeks left in the Templemore Guard of Training College. And I was just wondering, ha- how have you managed to balance um, training to be a guard and training to be an elite boxer? Like, it, it, neither are easy, and both take up a lot of time. How have you found that balancing act?
2: um ah look it's it's been fairly strenuous now it's been a long long couple of months Um, but if you want if you want what you know if your if your goals are there and if they're set if you want to make them you have to do what you have to do and um yeah there was a lot of early mornings and late nights and um a lot of thoughts of why the hell am i doing this like you know there's a, there's a lot of that um a lot of conscious there but um ah, i was just just time time i timed everything and everything was um fitted into place and that's what you have to do it has to be just a routine and uh, i suppose that's how i got into it it's very it's weird this week not having that routine now so um but yeah that's all you have to just time everything and have everything working off each other and in fairness i have huge backup at home i have massive support all my friends and family are very good and even my classmates here and um It's just a matter of having all of them behind you and and the link. And you know what the main thing is, is the head. If your head is right, you'll do it. Like, you know, if you want to be doing it, you'll do it, you know. And so that's probably more more or less it. Like, you know, delighted to be back at the weight that I am now. And I'm feeling fit. I'm feeling massive at this weight. Like, so I'm delighted. So I am.
0: Well, you mentioned the support you have from your family and your classmates and your friends there in helping you balance the two. But one level of support that you haven't received this year is funding from the Irish Sports Council, despite the fact that you are an elite level athlete. And I suppose I know you have the support from your family, but how difficult is it to to balance the lifestyle of an elite athlete also training or also training to be a guard? Without any significant financial support from the sports council, uh,
2: um, not easy, no. Um, I suppose I just—I again—I'm very lucky to have the support of my dad at home. He's a massive, massive support. He'd do anything to to give me a helping hand and to push me through it. But um, I know there's not uh, funding for everybody. Um, but it just don't—especially women—they don't get the funding. The men might get it, but the women don't, and then. Boxing don't get as much funding as what it should. You know, it's one of the leading sports in the country for Olympics. Um, uh, it c- brings home the most medals, and it just does. I don't think it does get recognition that it should get. And um, the women are absolutely exceptional. All my teammates, the girls, even that were lo- that lost the titles this weekend, they're all exceptional girls. They train absolutely phenomenally. Like I'd probably be the most laziest one, being honest with you, and and still, you know, like still we get in the ring and do our work and bring home the results like, and it's just it it's hard then when when you have to come home and and there's no recognition for it you know and, and every every sportswoman in the country could say the same thing it's not just us boxers every woman could say it because um it's it's not there and the sooner that they realize that these are the sports that are meddling like you know i hope it's soon because uh we need to fight for it really it's not not good at the moment it's not good where it is
0: absolutely well christina just before i let you go i have to ask you about professional boxing not i'm not i'm not suggesting that you, you turn over straight away but you have mentioned in the past that you would be interested if the right uh if the right offer was to present itself and it's fair to say female professional boxing is enjoying a bit of a boom period at the minute could we see you in with the likes of Clarissa T-Rex Shields down the line at some stage. Is professional boxing an avenue you'd like to go once you're finished with your education and your amateur career?
2: Um, Absolutely. I'm I'm not closing any doors. Um, Look, I'm 22. I've no idea what I'm going to do. The goal is Olympics and the goal is to, to obviously, do the best that I can do with my talent, obviously. So um, if I do tick all in boxes... Pro will be a massive massive experience i'd love it i'd absolutely love it and maybe not the pressure of fighting in such big crowds and all that but uh, that'll come too i'll get used to that and but yeah, it's it's an avenue that I'd love to go down, and um, it's it's getting bigger, and there's other girls pushing for it now. So hopefully, when it's my turn to turn over, uh, pro, then it'll be it'll be a huge thing, and it won't be such a taboo thing, and uh, that the taboo of women's boxing will be gone because it's well and truly being pushed out in the amateur. So I'll just wait for it to be pushed out in the pro, and uh, I'll I'll make my move then. <laughs>
0: Okay, Christina. Well, thanks a million for joining us here on the Star Sport Podcast and best of luck with the year ahead. Uh, Hopefully we'll speak to you again soon.
2: Thanks a million. Thank you.
5: Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork, and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork.
3: I am joined now by Paddy Crowley, the new games promotion officer for the Carberry division. First off, congratulations Paddy on your uh, appointment. Um, first off, can you finish, fi- fill us in a small bit on your GA background?
1: Perfect, uh, thank you very much Karen. Um so i suppose uh, I'm a local man skibreen man mm-hmm. playing my local football over for um Rassa. um so I've been kind of playing my trade now with ten years up in the, the senior ranks and uh trying trying to turn or or look over, but things are going all right mm-hmm. so um coaching wise in um I spent three years in i t Carlo mm-hmm. um where I completed my sports and exercise uh, g a degree and I would have done a fourth year in CIT where I would have had a kind of dissertation with um, Keen O'Neill um, working with the Kerry senior footballers on their pre-season um, so I'd have got a fair bit of experience out of that. I probably spent a year in Linster GA working with Load and the hurling side of things trying to promote it up there and I was kind of fortunate enough I fell into a position here with the Caribbean board where I picked up um, kind of little projects and promotions um around the local area delivering hurling and football sessions mm. and things have kind of progressed into the full-time job now so it's kind of i'm very lucky
3: what is it about the coaching side party that's kind of that
1: that pulled you in first day um f- for, for myself I, I suppose it's kind of being able to work with kids um you know, I, I, I won't lie, uh, the teaching side of it, oh, I always looked at it, but I, I don't think I would have had the patience <laughs> for it. It's kind of the coaching side, you can come in and out of the schools, yeah. you can work away. Um, but you're also, you're kind of promoting the health healthy side to the kids. Like you're going in, you're promoting activities, movements, um, kind of normal activities and fundamental skills that kids don't have nowadays. So you're mm-hmm. able to go in and set them on the right track, being able mm-hmm. to do it. So that's kind of what kind of attracted me to it.
3: It's not often I give the Carbery Board credit, but I have to give them credit on, on this. Like they, they've got this right, getting a games promotion officer um, on the ground here in, in Division, because it's it's a huge Division party, like 26 clubs. And am, am I right in saying this is the first Division in Cork to kind of go out on their own to get to, to get a GPO? So like mm-hmm. the board do deserve huge credit for for taking these steps to kind of to put someone with your your qualifications on
1: the ground here. it's it's a massive credit. They are the first ones to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, they they looked at it hard and they kind of said it was the best thing because James McCarthy um he's doing fantastic work around mm-hmm. the place but again it's very hard for one person to be looking over um kind of twenty six clubs in the Carver mm-hmm. division. When I was in Laoth myself, I had seven hurling clubs, so seven, the, seven out of thirty six above. So it's a, it's a massive comparison. Yeah. Um, so even if you were to go around and do the stats, I mm-hmm. think Tipperary have won It's per seventeen clubs. Mm-hmm. Watford have won to fourteen. It's kind of rough. Figures no, but I think yeah. that's what they are. So, for anyone to be looking over twenty six clubs is a hell of a lot, and then again, you're dealing with different um, grades and standards. With um, you've your senior clubs, your junior mm-hmm. A clubs, um, your premier intermediate, intermediate junior B. So th- the I suppose the the wide variety of clubs within mm-hmm. the division is massive in Carberry.
3: Just explain to people as well what exactly your role will entail, like are are you on the ground, are you in national schools, secondary schools, clubs, what exactly is is the plan?
1: Yeah I'll be more so kind of doing the the, the grafting side of things Uh, myself in primary schools out delivering um, a kind of fundamental programme to kind of junior and senior infants that um, schools can sign up to. Um, I will then be entailing, we'll be splitting the Carberry division into regions Mm -hmm. or districts as we call it so we'll have a a Bantry district a Skibreen district um, a North Carberry and an East Carberry district where there'll be about six clubs in the number so where your clan of Kilties and your bandons might have 30 guys on the age you will be bringing guys into a district where they'll probably only add up to 30. Mm. So it's kind of that you're hitting one, you're not out every night hitting a club and next thing you're out another night, you're the whole lot in, say the 8s, 10s, 11s, 12s, 13s at an early um, early stage and you'll be hitting them on the ground. And so they'll be working the secondary schools as well and um, oh, doing visits to clubs as well is improving the basic skills of kids out there would that be one of your objectives and targets? Big time big time mm-hmm. um, any child that's able to do the fundamental moving movements and their right and their left and kind of hopping and skipping is going to be massive um, last week now we spent uh, we spent tourist day and Friday out with squads or not squads districts I suppose yeah. we were in Bantry Skib and Clannacilty with the north and east regions in and the mountain boys that weren't able to solo under their non-dominant foot And kick was kind of um, frightening. But again, Mm -hmm. look, it's early stages, they're not back with their clubs again. But we'd hope that we would um, be able to kind of expose the clubs to doing it more Mm -hmm. and kind of bring a good feel factor to it that anyone that's able to do it, it's kind of a benefit for themselves, but also their club going forward and even the county. Like you said, getting those
3: basic skills right, like that's paramount going forward, you know, like that'll benefit their clubs. And then hopefully down the
1: line, even the county. Oh, big time. Um, I suppose things have changed big time from, you know, when you were a small boy, you were all <laughs> kicking ball off yeah, ball. Yeah. I was doing the same thing. It has completely changed now. Mm-hmm. You don't really see many going over to the or over to in the juniors or the seniors are training their local pitch. There isn't too many of the kids staying around watching or kicking a ball. It's kind of more Playstations and phones and iPads kids are on nowadays. So the basic thing of bending over to pick up a ball now is kind of it's it's dwindling with some of the kids so kind of getting them to be able to do the basics is going to be massive um, going forward with it
3: so you've been very kind of hands on and proactive since you were appointed. Like you're only in the job a couple of weeks now, isn't it? You only
1: Yeah, I'm only in the job, I suppose this is today's the start of my third week in it. But yeah. I was kind of in a, a similar role with them kind of part time um doing it. Um it was kind of week to week basis, but again I would have had my schools and whatnot, mm. um, that I would have been visiting and going out to. So it's kind of I suppose the security that I had now mm. that I know every week that I'm working I can put um I can look ahead six weeks, eight weeks, and I know where I'm going to be, so I suppose the security of that is the big thing. Just for the Carbic
3: clubs now, li- li- listening to this um, party, what's the big benefit for them? Like, What do you hope that they'll, they'll
1: benefit out of this? Um, I, I, I suppose they should be able to see more of myself and James, I suppose, on mm-hmm. the ground. Um, before, it would have been very hard just for James, for himself, to be going mm-hmm. out um, to 26 clubs. We hope to split it up and be able to... Um, go out more see more see what clubs need see what help they need um, going forward and kind of work with them and you know st- go strength from strength with it
3: quick word just on James James that's James McCarthy from Castlehaven like, he's done fantastic work hasn't he over the last couple of years ah uh, yes
1: look we were very fortunate to kind of have Kevin Dunham before yeah. him and James kind of stepped up to the plate and kept it going Um, so like look it, it isn't a hard one no one's ever going to be happy with what you do Everyone, everyone's going to find a fault in everybody um so look in fairness, i all I have is good words for James. Um he he's been pushing it big time the last few years himself and again hopefully I'll be able to help him strengthen the division even more. Um, do you know, four pairs of hands, do you know, two pairs of hands yeah. are, are way more than kind of uh, one set. So hopefully we'll be able to spread our wings a small bit more and get out to see more clubs.
3: No fantastic party. Thank you so much for coming in to join us today. You know, like I said, it's a it's a great step forward for the Caribbean division to have a GPO like yourself, you know, kind of someone who knows what they're doing and hopefully that the, the division will reap the benefits in in the months in the months and years to come, and I think it's important to to kind of just to know too that um, the Card of Carkey, the fundraising body, are kind of they're kind of um, towards the, towards the overall cost. I think yeah. they're they kind of input to that, which is fantastic to, to to see too. So all I can do, wish you the very very best for it, and thanks for coming in. Cheers, thank you very much, Karen.
5: Thank you for listening to the Star Sports podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that is everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork.
0: Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And Kieran, you might give us a roundup of what to expect in Thursday's sports section. Having read last Thursday's sports section and all the sports sections for the last number of years, I have to say I'm the most excited I've ever been about this Thursday's. So tell us what's in it. I'm a small bit
3: biased again, Jack, but this <laughs> week's sports section is an absolute cracker. It's a it's a must read for all West Cork sports fans. Um, we have an interview with Conor Ellis from Cakehill, he's the, our, our local lad who plays with Limerick, Limerick FC striker. He's chatting about the, the season ahead, um, he had an awful time with injury last year. So he's looking forward to kind of getting back scoring goals with Limerick this year and kind of push their promotion bid from the First Division in the uh, the League of Ireland. We chat to Phil Healy's coach Shane McCormack. Um, Phil is in action at the European Indoor Athletics Championships in Glasgow this weekend, starting on Friday, so we chat to Shane about Phil's... I suppose his expectations and his hopes for for what could be a monumental weekend for Phil, if everything goes according to plan. Touch wood that she'll get through the heat into the semi-final and qualify for her first European final. Then anything can happen, Jack. So it could be a pretty special weekend there. We've a nice bit of rugby. Um, rugby's gone well in West Cork, as we all know. Unfortunately, while did brilliantly, they won their their their, um, their Munster Challenge Cup final last weekend. Bad news for Bandon and rugby. They played the Munster Clubs Challenge Cup final against Richmond, and that doubled up as a league game against um, a, a league game two against Richmond. But they lost. What that also means, they didn't just lose the final, but they have lost out the defence of their Munster Junior League. So we've we um, carry match report from that. So plenty there. All, all the GAs as always, kind of from from the Cork Ladies reports to the Cork Camogie team to the Cork Men's to the Cork Hurlers, even to the local GAC. We're doing a twenty-one football championships um kicking off this weekend, Jack. As well as that, the 2018 Bearer Under 21 Football Final was played last weekend. It's more of it late, but better Great. late than ever, I yeah, think. Exactly. You know, so we've a, we've a report on that. So there's plenty there for for sports
0: fans of all of all tastes. So. Well, I have to say, I cannot wait. And uh, for those of you who don't know, the Southern Star is out every Thursday, and the newspaper is also available online. www. forward slash e paper. But Kieran, away from Thursday sports section, we also have a competition for our listeners this week. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, the Southern Star, we're the, we're the newspaper that keeps on giving. So we have a Cork GA jersey to give away to one lucky listener of our podcast. So this is very, very simple to interject. All you have to do is answer a very, very simple question. And the question is, who beat Cork in last Saturday night's Allianz Football League Division 2 game at Parky Ring? That's the game Mead won by a couple of points. <laughs> So all you need to do is text the name, sorry, email the name of that team to sport at southernstar.ie and then we're going to pick one lucky winner for a Cork GA jersey. So the question again is, which team beat Cork in last Saturday night's Allianz Football League Division 2 game at Parky Ring? The game Mead won by a couple of points.
0: So, listeners, all you have to do is email the word Mead to sport <laughs> at southernstar.ie and you could win a Rebels jersey, so... uh Best luck to all our listeners with that one.
3: Before we finish up, Jack, will you say the number three for all our <laughs> all, all our listeners here?
0: Kind of. Well, I, I suppose we should add some context to this. Just before we started recording this podcast today, um, I noticed the number, the third number of the <laughs> of the numbers, on my running order, and uh, I had a bit of a panic attack because I struggled with the word uh, with three is how I would say it but that's how most Irish people say it I feel but in a professional broadcasting environment I thought it didn't seem right. overly skilled
3: that was pretty impressive your three yeah. in your third there, or three
0: so. three three is how I would say it I was trying to read the news but I suppose that's not what we're here about here on the Starsport podcast no, that
3: was pretty pretty impressive
0: Jack how, how, so, how do you if you try to say it properly how would you say it tree. <laughs> three
3: <laughs> it's, it's three it's tree. kind of one, two, three. Want three. Yeah, can you say it with a H? three three I can't say many things with a H I'm, no. kind of, I'm kind of verbally challenged I think at the best of times so. Well
0: if there's anyone out there listening who can teach us how to phonetically pronounce the number 3 correctly feel free to also email us at sport at southernstar.ie I
3: have a feeling my email inbox could be very full this (laughs) week Jack but come here thanks very much for joining us again everyone this podcast is now available to listen to on Spotify we'll be back next week at the same time so make sure to rate review and subscribe on iTunes, Android or anywhere else you listen to the show thanks very much